You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. Hey, Chris. Hey, Scott. I'm feeling a bit evil tonight. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's gonna it's gonna work with my blown voice because as we were just talking about, literally seconds before you turned on the on switch for the show, that my voice is blown. I it, we kind of had a rough weekend. Clickety click. Yeah, clickety click. Yeah. yeah. Um, your voice is always blown because there's just things being just. Well, you know, you know, you know. Well, no, yeah. my my throat's getting lubed every day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we got a really yeah. Um, I think we'll, you know, we, well, let's just get this out of the thing, whatever. I, yeah. I'm not formulating sentences proper right okay. now. Uh, we have a very dear friend of ours here at the studio tonight, though, Mr. Keith. Hi, Hello, Keith. I am Keith. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have a really cool topic we're going to be discussing tonight. Um, and happy Halloween. Let's let's do that part. Yeah, happy Halloween. It's devil's night. It's devil's night, y'all. Why am I not at, sitting on the roof of my house with a gun? I don't know. I don't know, because that shit doesn't really happen where we live very much, you know. Well, it's well, I forgot what year it was where it became Angels Night or something like that. Like remember remember that whole switch over? Like, yeah. we're gonna change this whole idea. It's Angels Night now. And somehow things won't be burnt down anymore. Yeah, no. But really, you know, it is it was a positive thing because, you know, historically speaking, um, things have changed a lot when it comes to that. Now back in the eighties, remember those days. Well, when I I didn't leave Michigan until '98 uh, or so, and I thought that Devil's Night was a holiday. I thought it was part of Halloween. Yeah, and, and it was like Christmas Eve. It's Halloween Eve. Yeah, yeah. And I went out west. Yeah, you're right. It was out, like yeah. When we were out, kids, it was like yeah, it's just part of Halloween. Right. You know? I went out west to San Francisco, and I, I mentioned uh, Devil's Night to someone, and they they're like, what are you talking about? It don't exist yeah. anywhere but here. Yeah, it's a Detroit thing. It's a Detroit thing. Literally, it's a Detroit thing, and that blow that's blown my mind because like we like when I travel, people still ask that like. So you guys have a, this thing called like Devil's Night. What's up with that? I'm like, well, I, I thought it was like the whole damn country burnt down. Yeah, but it isn't. <laughs> it, it really is a Detroit, thing, yeah. a Michigan or a Detroit thing. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. That's just like burners. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And Fago. And and Town Club. Stroh's ice cream. Yeah. Town Club. That was the stuff. Yes. That was my favorite. But this is not not a nostalgia show. This is a show that's moving forward. Yes. And we're moving forward. And then Chris, well, you, you look you look you look good. Thank you. I just got back from working out with Thor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But you but you had to have been shaking people down this week. Yeah, yeah. For the news. What, yes, what do we the have news. in the news this week? Well, before the news, we got a couple of promotional things we do need to mention. Oh, yeah. Um, pay the bills. Pay the bills. The yeah, yeah. Flint Institute of Arts has a new Friends of Modern Art series that's running um, from October through June. So check out their site for that. And then also we need to mention projectorscreen.com. Check them out. And uh, if you visit projectorscreen.com forward slash movie sleuth, you can get 10% off any order over $200. And we don't, so, want, we don't need to mention that. We want to mention We want that. to. Yeah, they've paid me a I lot. Like, I love when my voice is shot like this because it feels so good in the headphones. <laughs> was that there was an episode of Friends, one of the few that I gave two shits about. Yeah, where that Lisa Lisa Kudrow, whatever her name mm-hmm. was, that beautiful. That's woman. her name, Lisa Kudrow. Well, that, that, that's the, the actress, Phoebe. Yeah. Was a Phoebe. Phoebe, Phoebe. Yeah, See, I she never got, watched that show. She got a cold, and she was like singing at the coffee house. 
and like her cold gave her this really cool rich timber in her voice so she was like rocking it and then she got better and she's like was bummed out like i feel better now this <laughs> I want my the, voice back you know, that was that great 90s humor anyways so <laughs> all right what's uh what, what, what we got so here? in yeah. the news uh i think everybody by now has heard about the whole kevin spacey thing i think his career is probably over at now, this point how many days ago was this? This just came out yesterday. I have been so tied up all weekend, so I'm sorry to take well, time on this, but please, I, I've i been out of the loop. So We don't happened? really like to talk too much about politics, stuff like that on here. Yeah. We don't like to do the whole, you know, uh, the rumor thing, but apparently Kevin Spacey tried to molest a 14-year-old girl. Come a 14 on. A 14-year-old boy. I'm sorry, 14-year-old boy, um, Kevin... Anthony Rapp, sorry, Anthony Rapp. Um, Kevin Spacey was 26 years old. Anthony Rapp was 14 at the so time. This is something from the this long is something past. way back, you know, from a couple decades ago, basically. Yeah. But Anthony Rapp came out. He's now on Star Trek Discovery, and said that Kevin Kevin Spacey had tried to touch him and molest him and climbed on top of him. So he just found it. He just found it uh, convenient. To talk about this now that he's yeah. on a major TV show. Yes, but apparently there's been discussion about this for the past few years about him coming out with the details of what had happened, and apparently Netflix immediately has pulled the plug on their series with Kevin Spacey. Wow. Yeah. The American, or uh, what was it called? Where he replaced the president? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was some... Yeah, House yeah, of Cards. House of... Yeah. yeah. At Duh. least that was close, huh? Jesus Yeah. Christ. All right. They pulled the plug on it. They said they've already filmed most of season six. After that, they are done with it because they're not going to deal with them anymore. So are you that was me? some pretty big news that came out today. So wait, wait, come wait. on. He doesn't, he doesn't play the president in that show. Yeah, he does. Like, oh, he does? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So well, that's, new, that, news, that's news to me, people. Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin Spacey's career might uh, see. And I love him. I love him as an actor, but, you know. If you're a All piece of stuff. shit as a person, it makes it hard to love you. Exactly. Yeah. Jigsaw topped the box office this weekend, but actually saw a series low. It only made $16.25 million at the movie theaters. Suburbicon, the George Clooney-directed film starring Matt Damon, Matt absolutely Damon. flopped Why? this last weekend. It was not reviewed very well. Even we gave it a pretty poor review did i get so, this right also uh blade runner 2049 took a shit in china also and yes like totally it did flopped in china yep what the hell it made nothing it they said in its first weekend it made the equivalent of between six to eight million dollars u.s wow in three days in china where they were expecting it to be a huge hit there i i haven't seen it yet it's great if yeah you we like, both saw it it's yeah good. if you love big it. you know epic looking films you need to see it i yeah. love the original i yeah. Me too. All right. Uh, Mark what? Hamill says that initially he was not going to come back for The Force Awakens, but Harrison Ford actually twisted his arm into doing it. So that's kind of cool news. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, Pascal Logier that made Martyrs, the original, mm. oh, is coming back with a new horror film called Incident in a Ghost Land. So I can't wait. Yeah. He makes great great horror films well, we've, we've jacked off martyrs a million times yeah, on this yes, show yes, and we, we have. keep jacking it off because it's a great it's a great the original yes the 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 remake was awful got yeah, off yeah, absolutely terrible you've seen have you seen that yeah yeah i think we we watched it together didn't we we might have we may yeah. have yeah that's that anyways yeah martyrs on. is a hard watch very so, hard watch 
In new releases this week, we're really not getting much other than Thor Ragnarok and A Bad Mom's Christmas, which I won't be seeing. Sounds exciting. Yeah. Thor was pretty fucking good, though. Yeah. We just got out of it, so... Yeah, you literally pulled up. We literally just pulled up from seeing it. Pretty damn We're good. We're out partying in front of the house. Yeah. And here's Chris. Hi. Yep. Let's do a show. Bastards. All right. So, suggested viewings for this week. The only thing I'm going to say is I actually got a chance to check out Better Watch Out, which is a new Christmas horror movie. And it's just one of those films that starts off one way and then it completely takes a total turn. It's really, really good. Really, really good. Okay. So... That's my suggested viewing for this week. Let's throw Keith into the fire pit. Yeah. Now, you've been busy, I know. So if you don't have anything to say about this, Keith, it's totally cool. Well, but it, the, new, the newest thing I've seen is uh, Lights Out, right? Oh, That's, yeah. We talked about Lights Out, which is about... a, it's a couple years old. But no, we well, Keith's in, about a year old. Keith's visiting here from out of town, and we're catching up. So we've been catching up on stuff, and especially on movies. And that was one of the ones we were laughing about is we're like, we love that movie, and yeah. I think we—I may have mentioned it before myself. Like a movie that I loved seeing because it was just—it was a tense movie to watch. I had—I had no idea what it was. It was on Netflix, and yeah, I'll try this, and it was—it uh, was a nice surprise. I good. have not seen that one myself yet, so I watched a couple of things over the week here. Um, I decided to take a chance on The Babysitter. Speaking of Netflix. Dude, it's awesome. It's hilarious. Yes. It was a riot. Yep. It was so much fun. And it, it, it was, you know, it was obviously a real throwback film. I mean, it really had that feel and look. Um, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it was fun. It was a fun Halloween film to watch, right? Um, and the same day, I got ambitious. And this is a movie, you know, like a lot of stuff in my movie watching career, there's so much stuff that's flown over my head, out of my radar, and one of those films was Cube. Oh, dude, Cube is awesome. Wicked. Yes. Wicked. So tense. Sci-fi horror, basically. Yeah, it was yeah. intense. And I started, I mean, I was. I got busy, but I watched, you know, I watched the entire, you know, Cube, the original one, um, which was fantastic. And then they have, like, Cube 2. Hypercube, <laughs> which you know it's gonna suck ass. Then I think, and uh, you know what, uh, my review on that'll come soon, I guess. But I really, really enjoyed on Cube Two. Yeah, Cube Two. Yeah, I, oh, I gotta yeah. watch Cube. No, I want to see, but Cube was really great. I really enjoyed that. So, uh, yeah, those are like my two things. Um, and Chris is taking a dick pic right now. Yep, for for somebody I don't know. Kevin, Instagram. Oh, Instagram. Yeah, my username on there is. Doesn't that doesn't long. that violate the the user agreement on Instagram? <laughs> I don't think they allow penises it's on Instagram. Long underscore hard. <laughs> Hashtag right. long Hashtag. underscore. <laughs> so yeah, those are the two things. I mean, I really had a ball with Cube. I thought that was so cool. Um, it was geeky. It was fun. It was nerdy. It, and I, and those are the films I really really enjoy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, those are my two for this week. So, yeah, uh, that's our thing. And this is like all, speaking of wieners, it's all wieners in the studio tonight, too. We have no girls here. Whatsoever. I do have a wiener. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I checked it out. I checked we're, it. <laughs> we're, he verified. I verified. Like, there's only wieners tonight. No. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, well, you know, I, 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 miss, I miss Michelle. Where Michelle, where are you at? Call in Michelle. Call, call in our hotline. I miss Michelle. We got to get her back here. We haven't had her in a little while. Yeah, we, she'll we, be back next week, I think. She, she's a busy gal. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get her soon. Um, so, yeah, that's new releases. Uh, yeah. 
So, or I'm sorry, uh, suggested viewings. Uh, now, tonight, as I said a few minutes ago, what are you doing on your phone, dude? I'm posting shit because that's what we're supposed to do. In the middle of a... Of All a, the time. In the middle. All, and you never stop. You do, you're never supposed to stop. That's how you like. In the live middle now. of a broadcast. Yeah, yeah. We're that's... taping right now. <laughs> you know where you're at. I know. What planet are you on? I don't. Uh, I you got I don't the phone know. down now. I called your shit and you stopped. No, I'm gonna keep Put, going. Oh my god, stop it, dude. <laughs> Do I gotta carry this? I mean, if I, I'll carry it if you want me to. I mean, if you want to play on your Instagram, you're, gonna, you're more than welcome. to. You're gonna carry long underscore hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I knew this was going to be bad. Yeah, that's I, all good. I, tonight. Now, okay, episode 66. Yeah, dude, I, I mean, it works. It. I fucking dude, it love, love it. It worked dude. out so perfect. I love it, dude. Um, we <laughs> talked about this because Mr. Keith was in town here, and I, I, I insisted on having him on the show tonight. And uh, what are we going to talk about? The what? Devil. The devil. <laughs> I mean, why not? And can you fuck up any more tonight? Really? It's usually everybody else hitting the yeah, microphone, yeah, yeah. not me. And you're like totally. Yeah. And I'm the one drinking. Like, oh, that's the other little added bonus. Yeah. I this is my first broadcast. Sixty-five episodes I've done without having yes a, having one lick, and it's just one of those kind of nights. I've just been drinking for a while. No, no, I'm cool. I'm, <laughs> Now the cat's out of the bag. Since no, he was been... 12. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm, and yeah, complain all you want. We have a complaint department. It's Chris's email. Yes. Um, loves to spooch 69 at <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> themoviesleep.com. Um, so no, th- we're going to talk tonight about films about, you know, that that, are, that surround like the devil. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing to like to lead this thing off, I think I've always been totally fascinated with films with um, I don't. I wouldn't want to say like a religious aspect, but more like and like I've I had a like well in my in this dumb thing I call life that I do. Um, I had a small short time where I became obsessed with angels, and I was studying angels, like reading up on everything, and I just found it fascinating. Right. Um, so I've always had a thing for films with that angelic twist or or the theme whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it and equally films where you know the devil you know to actually try to conceptualize the devil or an angel like an angel comes up you know, and we've seen it in all shapes and forms when it comes to film right um we've even know, seen nicholas cage be an angel yeah disgusting yeah yeah um, Dogma is a great example. I mean, yeah. I, I love that film, and I loved how we had all these characters in the film who were these, like, really funny people that, like, you've seen groups of people, right, where, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in so long. How are you? And they hug, right? <laughs> and, you know, like, they do that. Like, oh, my God, you're the Metatron. How are you? Oh, what's up? You know? Yeah. And, like, they're just, like, we we kind of take these massive characters like these they're angels for god's sake if that's your thing right if you assign this idea of this grand like magnificence of an angel and you put it inside a little vessel that we have of these bodies it 
it, it messes with your head a little bit, and I find it fascinating. And Dogma was one of those films, honestly, when I first saw it, that kind of got me into this, like, wow, you know, angels. Like, are they really, like, like you know, they you know they can't drive like in the prophecy <laughs> right and things like they have these goofy like things like they can't do but they're angels for god's sake we're not talking about angels though devils. we're talking about, we're talking about the devil and the devil and we've seen the same thing though in film with the devil mm-hmm. being encapsulated inside of a, of a you know a mortal coil a body, yeah right so this subject is absolutely fascinating. However, what I found ironic when I was doing my research for the show today, um, <laughs> there's only a handful of films myself that I've seen that really centered around the devil. Yeah. Right? Um, there's a lot of stuff that was done in his, you know, in film history that I've never even seen. So I was kind of scared to do this, too, at the same time. Like, man, I might not be very well informed (laughs) like I am anyways, but like for this subject. But there are a lot of films that I have seen and I know you've seen, too, Keith. And I'm sure. Well, Chris, you don't watch movies. No, I haven't seen anything. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I think this. Yeah. Myself, I thought this is a really great thing that we could talk about, especially on this night. Episode 66 and (laughs) Devil's Night. I mean, seriously. Beer. I mean, I don't know what else to say. This is just a great. This is just a great vibe. I was like, I'm like, what? What should we do tonight? Oh yeah, it's Devil's Night. Oh shit, it's episode sixty six. I mean, that just it never happens. Those synchronicity, yeah, yep, synchronicity those never happens. Synchronicity, those beautiful cosmic things when the when the planets align, and here we are. And you know, now Keith, when I mentioned this to Keith earlier, we were at the house, and I'm like, well, Keith, we're going to talk about the devil tonight on Real Crime. The only show for you to listen to. I love when my voice is so fucked up. Yeah. Like this. this is so awesome, dude. My voice is so much fun right now to play with. And you immediately, though, Keith, you were like, oh, dude, the, the devil's, devil's nightmare. Now, and we're, yes. giving, and we're giving him the floor. Like, you have it. Take it all. Because I've never seen it. I have not seen it, Keith. The so, Devil's Nightmare yeah. is probably my favorite film depiction of the devil. Uh, but... The main the main villain is a succubus, Erica Blanc playing a succubus. Beautiful woman. Oh uh, my god. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, dude. Um but uh yeah, Devil's Nightmare nineteen seventy one, I believe. It's a Who directed this movie? I don't remember the director's name. It's a uh Belgian Italian production. So it was re- released initially in uh Belgium and uh, Italy under two different titles. And uh but who I remember the most by name is the uh, the composer. The score is amazing. It's um, who was it? it's uh, Alice, Alessandro Alessantoni, I believe is his name. Well, Chris is busy playing with his 1971, phone. Nineteen seventy one, The Devil's Nightmare. It was directed by Jean Brisme. There you go. Yeah. S- yep. Starring Erica Blanc. Um, it's great. It was you know it has the uh, it has the gritty grindhouse aesthetic of that Euro trash era, mm-hmm. but it's more sophisticated than that. It, um, you know, it's, it's better written. The performances are better. The music's amazing, but it still has that, that gritty feel to it. it it's amazing, I think. And the, so the, the main villain you see throughout most of the film is Erica Blanc as, as the succubus. Um, there's a, a group of travelers they get stranded in a a mansion and this succubus is seducing everyone 
um, according to the seven sins. And um, ultimately, she's trying to seduce a priest. And hot, and hot, and she's hot. and she's amazing, yeah. And and then the devil shows up once in a while, and he's this super creepy bald guy, and he's he's awesome. <laughs> I mean, the good the cool thing is those movies from the seventies and eighties they just had that look to them too that they really don't get now. They do. They had that more gritty, grimy feel to them. Well, yeah, it's just technology. I yeah, think. I got to check yeah. that one out. It's for amazing, sure. and yeah, the aesthetics beautiful. It has. It just has such. And the, you know, the set dressings are perfect. It just lined up aesthetically perfect, and the music fits with it beautifully. It's this, um, you know, really uh, overdriven wah pedal guitar sounds, and so it's a porno. And, uh, <laughs> it you know the the soundtrack may have some echoes of that era yeah but uh, yeah it, it's phenomenal but it's a lot of those grindhouse movies do have that yeah yeah that more loosey goosey. Why would you say like everything on? in this everything made in the seventies revolves around pornos and just be done with it because that always <laughs> happens like the whole idea of that just porno yeah. porno porno well it, you know it has that you know it has some of those soft core elements. Right, kind of riding that fine line between being porn and grindhouse horror. Right, but it's still a really great horror film, and uh, it's actually one of my favorite horror movies, period. Is it available, like, in any format or no? It might be out of print at this time. Um, I think Redemption Video put out a a special edition. Uh, It might have been, like, 10 years to go by now. I, I actually got... A copy of the Redemption uh, when Thomas Video closed, I went over there and, and bought their copy. That that uh, was our that was like the place to go. We've ta- I think we we talked about well, Thomas Chris Video. Jordan worked at Thomas Video for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he used to write all one of the guys that writes for our site used to write all the reviews for Thomas Video too. Okay, yeah. So beautiful. You've never seen a Cronenberg. Oh my God. <laughs> you were there for that. No, you, you, I wasn't there, but you weren't there for that. Yeah. Who is John? That was Jim. Jim. What, what happened? Okay. <laughs> well, okay. This is a little, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go into the weeds a little bit. A little bit. We know Jim, Jim, and a, a nice guy we're not beating him up, but it was pretty funny. Uh, that movie crash. Yeah. By David Cronenberg. Yep. Um, I never saw it. And I think, you suggested it, didn't you? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd just written a paper on it. You're something. like, you need to see the yeah. movie Crash. I'm like, okay, great. So I spent the day doing yard work, and my neighbor Brad came home, and I'm like, well, Keith says we need to watch the movie Crash, so let's go get dinner, <laughs> and then we'll go to Thomas Video and find Crash, Crash. if we can. So we went there, and um, we walked in there, and I'm like, yeah, hey, we're looking for this movie Crash, you know, by... Uh, David, you know, I don't even know how it got set up, though. Yeah. He, you know, I said, hey, we're looking for the movie Crash. And he's like, uh, well, the Cronenberg one? I'm like, and I kind of, you know, I mean, I knew Cronenberg, but I mean, I just kind of winced a little bit. And he's like, you've never seen a David Cronenberg film? And we were just like, <laughs> how friggin' pretentious can you be right now? <laughs> right, right, right. So that's been a running joke. My my neighbor, Brad, who's moved since then, but whenever we see each other, that topic still comes up, and it's like, you... And it was like everything we ever did after that. It was like, you've never drank Captain Morgan's before with Coca-Cola? What's wrong with you? You know? So, yeah, that's like our... our and, and, well, I think Keith has his own story with Jim, but we'll just move on. <laughs> I'm a lot of, I'm I've a heard lot this of, shit. So. a lot of Jim stories. Um <laughs> 
But I did get my redemption video Devil's Nightmare DVD from there. So did you? Yeah, it, that that film's been released here several times in the U.S. It, once under the title Succubus on VHS before. See, that sounds released. familiar to me. Yeah, the Devil's Nightmare did not. Yeah, it was. Um, you'd remember Erica Blanc. There's another yeah. Succubus, but uh, another film called The Succubus, but that was years later. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's out of print now. But. You know, and that's, we talk about this a lot. It's really sad when these things go out of print and then you get all these people talking about how media is going away and everything's on streaming, blah, 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 blah. But no matter what, it's not available on streaming. You have a hard copy of it. Right. You know, and that really, it makes sense to continue collecting horror films on DVD or Blu-ray. Or any film. so much I mean, stuff really, that you yeah. can't physically own a copy anymore. So yeah. I think it's yeah. pretty sweet. You've right. got it. You know, I I bet the University of Michigan Library has it. Oh God, yeah. Where they have everything. It's a our, my favorite story about that library is begotten. Well, yeah, and we yeah, yeah. we got that. You can't find that. I no. I went to I went there to rent a movie the first time, and they couldn't believe what they had in there. And um, just as a joke, you know, we were talking. I was talking to the whoever was working there about how extensive their collection is, and so I'm like, oh yeah, like our the guy who buys for us is amazing, you know. And I and so just as a joke, I said, oh yeah, you, well you got something called Begotten, and, and they had it. Clicks on the computer for a second. Yeah, I got it on DVD right here. I'm like, son of a. We watched the hell out of that. <laughs> that movie Dude, is awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 such a it's such a feast. So to the eyes. somehow, I, and I'm not gonna get too far into it but somehow in this process scott and i ended up with our own copy <laughs> can, can we say that without getting in trouble yeah i guess yeah so, well you didn't say how so, I, no i, I don't know well, we bought happened. copies of i don't it. know how it happened we but. bought copies of it we're like we're no we bought our copies we bought our yeah, copies we no, bought, right, <laughs> right yeah we bought copies <laughs> so anyways hey moving on hey so uh yeah we are way in the weeds here. How no, does this happen? No it's, no, it's all good. It's all good. And, and um, I can't. I usually control this better when I'm not like you know. There are so many right great movies about okay. the devil. Yes, there. And let's talk about one, shall we? Yes. <laughs> How about the Devil's Advocate? Yeah, which I think is a pretty obvious one. I it mean, is, and that's probably one of the more popular ones too. Uh, Al Pacino, what one of my favorite roles he's ever done, playing ironically enough John Milton. Yeah, Paradise Lost. That the, you know, if you, anybody does any reading, um, there are some speeches that he does in that film that are just like what I want to be. Like maybe not that capacity. This movie to me is when Pacino really hit that like kind of like the peak of his career. Yeah, but when he started, then after that, started to slip down that valley into doing the exact same thing, yelling all his lines all the time. Yeah, yeah. But he is a great version of the devil, being powerful businessman, trying to get Keanu Reeves to well, assist lawyer. him. Lawyer. Yeah, yeah, lawyer, that's yeah, right. Yeah, lawyer. Uh, you know, lawyer is the backstage pass for the world, Yeah, he called it. There's so many great one-liners, like I just said in this film, you know, and there is this entire speech he does towards the end which i can't even i could never deliver it with with the passion that he delivered it but he basically argues you know against religion against god you know look but don't touch 
Mm-hmm. You know, touch but don't taste. You know, he's a sadist. He, <laughs> I mean, it, it was like, if you don't kind of go, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> you know? Like watching him deliver this yeah. incredible speech. Um, and it's like, you know, I, I know the movie really was a bit, it was a very large analogy, I think. Of, Absolutely. Of a lot of things like, you know, lawyers, they, you know, and I, I mean, I know, I know people that are lawyers. I have friends that are lawyers and, and they do know like, yeah, you think I'm a scumbag. I know it's cool, you know? And I think there is that general perception of people that practice law that they're just and they're not that's not the fact at all we know that there are people that are you know you just unfortunately i think media has portrayed some of these people very prominently where they you know like the johnny cochran's and the jeffrey figers who just grab all these high profile cases and they look like oh my god this is just ridiculous right and i I think this i think the, the devil's advocate kind of played on that idea um and then turned it into this major conspiracy like no this is the devil yeah, there's some great imagery in this film too. It's beautiful. Towards the beautiful. end, yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that in years. It's, it's kind of sexy towards the end too. There's like some really, oh yeah, there's cool, some, uh, there's yeah, some, there's some, yeah, yeah. There's Charlize. Some really... uh, I always screw this up. Clarice uh, Theron, Charlize, Charlize, Charlize yeah. Theron. Theron. There's a scene that really is disturbing when she like he came over and talked to me. You know that that whole trip. You know. Mm-hmm. Because that time, Keanu Reeves' character is so far gone and just wound up in his own world that John Milton shows up and just basically seduces her. Yeah. In the way, I guess, the devil would, where he just, you know, she's pretty fucked up looking. But he seduces Keanu into this whole alternative lifestyle also. I mean, they were just kind of country bumpkins doing their thing until he goes out to New York and gets kind of called well, you're away enamored, into, you know yeah and I, and I think you know and that's what i really identified with 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 the devil's advocate was just that is that i know i've been enamored with groups of people in my life where it's like wow these are like really cool people i want to belong to this i want to be a part right, of this right. community right and that clearly was the case here these people all lived in the same building um they were a very tight-knit group of people and that was the elite Mm-hmm. You couldn't get much higher than these people. So uh, we've all been through that, I think. No matter how big or small, whatever it might be. Great film. And, you know, really how it ends, you're like, yeah, my God. Um, So, yeah, really, really cool flick. I uh, dig that I, movie I, a lot. I need to watch it again. It's been years. Yeah, it's been a while for me, too, but it's one of the ones that immediately came to mind, though, when we decided to tackle this subject tonight, too. Um, what's up? The what Prince got? of Darkness. Okay. Oh, here we go. Here we go oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get... Sh- and oh, it, you, you guys have already gone. No, 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 this place. is cool. But, you know, no, that's what I mentioned to Keith, because I'm like, you know, there are just, it, it's it, it's kind of a, I think it's kind of a trend we have. There's just certain films that really come there, up a lot. Well, and there's certain films that we all enjoy a lot, so they are going to repeatedly Cross get genres. brought up. Like, I mean, yeah. Martyrs has come up a lot. Yeah. Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre, too, comes up We did a whole damn the show on that movie, yeah. you know? So, but yeah, Prince of Darkness. What do we have to say about Prince of Darkness? That's that's in my like probably top three most underrated horror films. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Yeah, fortunate enough to see it in the theater. You know, when I, what I don't know, twelve, thirteen years old. Nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, 
Yeah, so we awesome. were kid, we were so kids. Scott and I talk about that movie all the time. Yeah, and it's one of the it's it's one that I bring to the table here all the time on Real Crime too, because um, I feel the same way. It's one of the most underrated horror films of all time, and I and I'll acknowledge there is there's plenty of campiness in the film, but like a lot of those type of films, it really brings the charm to it. Also, right? Uh, go ahead. It has. Um... It's very provocative, though the the whole dream transmission thing. Well, that it's, just fucks my head up to this it's day. Fantastic, still. but you know what? One of the things I like the most about it is um, we should go home tonight and watch that. Okay, movie. there we go. Let's go watch it. You bastards! Yeah, so we're gonna get up early tomorrow. <laughs> we're gonna do that. Let's we're gonna watch it. that movie. All you right. got a Blu-ray copy here, don't you? No, I do not. I do not have it. One of my favorite parts of that film, and I it took me years, but to really nail it down to understand what it was I was reacting to but I felt it immediately from the first time I saw it. The first 15 minutes or so, just the way it's it's paced and the way the credits are getting cut yeah, into yeah, the initial yeah. scenes, it has such a, a sense of impending something. There's this really apocalyptic sense of impending yeah. doom. The well, way it, it raises it, 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 I, it, the tension is high already. Right. You know, And also, just on a more practical standpoint, it breaks the credits up too in the beginning. Yeah, and that and that helps really, with the pace that leads mm-hmm. to that impending sense, and it it it's it's really, it's you know what's the word? It's uh, it's sort of ambiguous. It's not really clearly defined. You just know, uh oh, something's coming. Yeah, something's Some, some, going to happen. Something's on the horizon. Something big. It's apocalyptic. We we can feel it just by how it's photographed and paced. And and then when things start to be introduced, they're very unconventional. It's the weird dream. It's it's uh, Alice Cooper and the and all the you know the homeless people congregating, and uh, it leaves you really off guard. Yeah, and I think it's really successful. The dream for sequence for me, and I'm I I probably said it. I'm, goddamn million times on this show now um <laughs> that is the most i'll i'll put it on record maybe because i've had a couple of beers but that is the most disturbing thing i've probably ever seen in film to be honest with you I, and i don't know why but it's how the it's how the film it's how the, the screen looks it's how the camera moves it's the things you see and you know what okay we're talking about the devil here right now Depending on who you are, if you're listening to this show, we all have our own interpretation of the devil. Some of us don't even believe in the devil. Some of us don't even believe in God, right? But that scene, how it was shot, how it looked, how it sounded, especially. The sound is a huge part. The sound is a huge part. And that that goes, you know, John Carpenter, of course. Yeah, all day long. With his sound design and all of that. Yeah, you can't. Very deliberate. Yeah. How the camera rolls around to that door. Yeah, and the figure, and it's so suggestive, and you don't know what the hell it is. And and, the, and and if you look close, people watch this movie, please. If you look close, <laughs> you just see the garbs just kind of flowing, moving. There's cloak of some sort on this figure that we don't know. I'm really getting into the mood we're, now. We're watching it. We're watching we're it tonight. We're fucking so watching this tonight. We <laughs> but but that that movie really, I mean, it's so underrated. And I've I've talked to people that just literally laughed when I say that, and that's fine. That's your opinion. That's cool. But that 
just that piece. And literally, I've taken that audio, like those pieces, and strung it together. Like just the just the dreams. And it, we're talking like like just north of a minute. Yeah. But it's to me some of the most the just you could play the audio. And they would, I mean, that movie literally gave me nightmares. It I, did. It screwed me up, man. I think it's some of the best suggestive photography. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's very limited in, in the amount of, you know, information it conveys. It leaves, it's very provocative, leaves you, leaves you with many questions. And, you know, and, I'm sorry to cut you off. And I'm, even, I'm, and when know. it ends, you, you know, you get a little more, but it doesn't make any sense. No, you? it don't. It doesn't solve anything. You know, there are pieces in the film, too, with the computer, for example. You know, you will not be saved by your God plutonium. You yes. will not be saved. I mean, we get to see something that represents the devil, I guess, in this film, right? Which and may it have... turns everything on its head. That's what's great, too. Yeah, it, it... but but we get these these clues like, you will not be saved. You will not be saved by your God, your God plutonium. I mean, there's these, these, these goofy... It, what the hell is going on? There's just so many little elements like we're talking about that make that movie. It, it just, it punched me in the gut so many times. But that dream sequence, that's just the devil. And someone gets Man. killed by a bike. Delivered from, <laughs> delivered from <laughs> Alice Cooper. Right. Which, come on. Yeah. You can't get much cooler than that, though, too. So, I mean, yeah, we're really riffing on this movie again, but. <laughs> Whatever. I just, I love that movie. I I love it because of that. Just shot. Just I'm sorry. Just north of, of a minute of those dream sequences. That's what really just set. Yeah, like you said, set it on its head. It just blew my mind. Right. So, um, we really, yeah, we really. That's the movie. What I about um, movie. Angel Heart? Robert De Niro. Oh man, love it. I never saw that. Love it. Oh man, you want to see the devil incarnate with, on with, screen with Mickey Rourke? With Mickey Rourke, yeah. Basically, Louis Louis Cipher. Yeah. The, the devil. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Robert De Niro is the devil, and it came out in '87. Yeah. And it was very sexually explicit. And I remember when this movie came out, this Lisa Bonet was on the Cosby Show at right. the time, and she actually got fired. Yes. From the Cosby so show. So that's the one she got shit canned for. She got shit canned from the Cosby show because the movie was so dark and horrific. Some bad, bad things happened in this movie with voodoo and all these other just crazy demonic elements. And they said she could no longer represent the family yeah, how comedy. I, how ironic of, that yeah, is yeah, now, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, De Niro in Angel Heart. Oh, he's awesome. Oh. I love that movie. That's another one I saw in the theater when I was like 13 years old. Blew yeah, my see, mind. my mom would have never let me see that. Oh, I snuck in. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because see, I would have been 13 too. Yeah. Yeah. But that is that is definitely one of- It's one of the ones I saw on my list, but I never saw it, so I'm glad you brought it up at least. Okay. Yeah. You, and, you have homework now. And De Niro yeah, no, kind of- right? De Niro's in it, but he's not in it too much. He kind of operates from the shadows, and you know he is- like this impending force over the entire movie, but he's not in the entire movie, which I we've discussed that a million times too. Sometimes that evil that lurks in the darkness is a lot more interesting than what you see thrown at the screen all the time. Absolutely, so that Absolutely. that's definitely one of my favorite versions of the devil on film. I agree. 
Yeah. Well, the, the greatest trick the devil's ever played is convincing the entire world that he didn't exist. Right. So that kind of plays on this art yeah. we're talking yeah. about. What the, you know, Let's portray the devil. Well, how do we do that? You know, I mean, if he's just a, now, okay, fine. You know what? I'm glad I brought that up because there is the devil in a film that's completely the opposite of what you guys were talking about. And that is the devil in South Park, bigger, <laughs> longer, and uncut. <laughs> Saddam. Right. <laughs> I just don't think you talk to me anymore, Saddam. I love it. Yeah. How many hard drugs do you have to take to think this up? And I love this movie. I mean, I love South Park. I, yeah. I, 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 yes. And <laughs> this is a completely different idea. Well, this is turning well, the devil cartoon it, first off. You know, this is turning the devil into a comedic element. Yeah, that's basically in a relationship with Saddam Hussein, which is hilarious. Which is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't even know any eloquent way to like try to describe, like to try to discuss this. It's just hilarious, man. It's uh, South Park. It's South Park. If you haven't seen South Park, wow, where have you been? Like twenty something years now, they've been doing this thing, uh, but there's episodes in South Park where they've had the devil on, like his super sweet sixteen part, right, and right. Shit. And it's like, what the <laughs> fuck's going on here, man? Um, but it's it's you know it's it's the beauty the beautiful minds of Trey Parker and Matt Stone that can take anything and make it funny, right? And they took a very serious subject like the devil, I guess, that, uh, serious for a lot of people. And say and make it into this really hilarious comedic element where Saddam Hussein is his boyfriend. Yeah, um, and he has huh. a co- he has a codependent relationship with Saddam. Yeah, Hussein. yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, <laughs> that's whole, <laughs> hysterical. They turn they turn him totally upside down. Yeah, you know, turn they him, do turn him into this you know low self esteem. You know, he's not this <laughs> you know this this horrible evil totalitarian monster. He, He's this codependent. He wants to know, be loved. Weakling with low self-esteem, seeking validation from someone who's abusing him. It's, yeah. it's hysterical. Yeah, you know, I mean, to make the devil your bitch, right? Literally, that's what happened. No, he does. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I remember my my when I saw that the first time. We we saw that movie in the theater all day long. We had to see it, and um, that really, yeah. It, it really turns you upside down. Like, how can we portray? Because all of us here, we've just heard, and we're metalheads, so it's like, you know, it's the devil, you know, fist in the air, all that goofy shit, right? To see him portrayed in that manner, it's like, well, wait a minute. That don't make any sense, man. It's awesome. I, 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 I like scary devils better. So do I. Yeah. Let's get back so to I. the scary stuff. Let's yeah, get back to the scary stuff. Rosemary's baby. You'd never oh. even see him. No, no, you see his eyes for a second. That's right. You see yes. his eyes, but that that whole scene is terrifying. That's all you see are the eyes, and and it, it goes back to what you were saying, where most of most of his presence is off screen, and it's just uh, it's an atmospheric, totalitarian evil feeling. That's the type. I mean, I like that in all horror in general. I like that in all movies. Yeah, I love I, suggestive ideas. Like but in horror. horror, I just like the presence. Versus the throw the CGI, throw the effects at the screen all the time. I want something that's off in the background that the story is taking place over. It's layered. It's not like, oh, here's the devil, you know? 
Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I, we can't go on about that idea more on this show, I think. The mind, our mind, your mind, your mind, mind, Chris, um, can <laughs> can suggest things that I don't think any filmmaker will ever be able to get, like, at least printed to film, right? And that, that suggestive idea, I think, is just... And we're seeing some more of that, I think, nowadays... Um, but yeah, what you're what, like, let's just throw everything in the kitchen sink at these people, right? Um, uh, that don't really leave any type of imagination, I think, to things. That's just my, you know, and that's what that's kind of riffing on your idea, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosemary's Baby, I saw it once and I haven't went back to it yet. I have to spend more time with that film. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Now, did you have one, Chris? Well, I mean, so I'm going to hurry up. I'm getting pretty loaded here. So. <laughs> I'm going to suggest a very obvious one, um, but this is kind of the same thing, too. The Omen. Yes. The yeah, Omen thank you. and thank you. Thank you. Uh, The Omen, too. Both of those movies. What I like about those movies. Um, it's all for you. The thank interconnectivity you. between those two. Uh, that's probably one of the better um multi-chapter horror franchises out there because even omen three solid they all kind of really interconnect and the story moves at a solid pace throughout all of those films and i mean sam neill is the older damien is phenomenal so we do get to see him on screen but he's the devil personified yeah um but yeah, the omen is for, excellent. Yeah, it is. Excellent. That was that is the one with that scene. So I, I, I haven't yeah. seen the omen, which I love. That you know, Damien, this happy person. I, well, I just love the fact that you know you get to see in those movies the uh, his aging process and him becoming more evil as he goes along. Yeah, but yeah. then seeing the devil as a young child also doing all these just crazy and evil things throughout the first movie yeah it's really good and that's actually one of the um remakes the remake was almost shot for shot of the original and it really captured the essence of the original without going into all the cgi stuff but the omen that is a great great version of the devil one of my favorites agreed absolutely that that scared me really bad as a kid because of its atmospheric sense and its suggestive, mm-hmm. you know, uh, concept of the devil and evil, and you know, because it wasn't a rubber monster, it was just this big, oppressive, scary, right, and has one of the best uh, decapitation scenes. It does. You're right about that. Yeah. Yeah, the sheet of glass off the back of the truck in slow motion. From, that was freaky. That's amazing, yeah. I and do that, remember that. And that little yeah. kid was yeah. freaky as hell, too. Like, the casting. That's another thing. The casting. <clears throat> or if you're going to cast a person yeah. or a child to play the devil, they have to be very, very good at controlling what they're doing on screen. Yeah. That kid did it great. And then when Sam Neill played him as the adult version of Damien. Yeah. That was like his first really big movie, and he's phenomenal in that. Yeah. So, yeah. And that nanny in the first one. Oh yeah, that's right. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So, prophecy. (laughs) Vigo. Yes. Don't give it up. That was the shit. That was one of his first movies too, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, 
You know, the story on that's actually kind of interesting, like as far as how the narrative plays out in, in the prophecy. Have you seen that movie, Keith? Oh, many yeah. times. Yeah. I mean, I love those. For I mean, I actually, I I even got into like the, the four and five of the prophecy franchise, which had nothing to do with, it did, but it didn't have Christopher right. Walken. Right? I think I've only seen the first one. See, I've seen two and three, and they're a lot of fun. They're, they're, they're I've really, seen really one, good. two, and three, but after that, I never watched them. I have, like, Forsaken and those ones that kind of just, you know, aftermarket, whatever, franchise-type things. Uh, but the first three, I think, are fantastic. Part one, uh, Viggo Mortensen plays Satan, plays the devil. Um, and, I, you know, at least the narrative with the prophecy is he's not really there because he and he even there is even a line where he says, I'm not here, you little bitch, because I love you. You know, there's. Yeah. Gabriel, which is Christopher Walken, mm-hmm. wants to create another hell. And he's like, look, two hells is too many hells. I own hell. He's not having hell. Another hell. So he beca- he comes in alliance with the heroes of the film. Because he not because he loves them, not because he believes that good should conquer all, because he just doesn't want to deal with this shit. Well, it's for his own selfish reasons. It's for his own selfish reasons. Um, as far as the prophecy, like, you know, the angels, which I, you know, I was talking about angels earlier, there was a really weird, like, you know, the heart ripping out type thing. Like, that's how you actually kill an angel is you have to get the heart, right? Um that's one of the things that, you know, Vigo played out as the devil. And there were some very disturbing things that he did, just like becoming so excited about murder and the, you know, you just you you see him kind of just become, he, he goes into ecstasy, like killing something, just <gasps> like he literally just, if you watch the film and I'm if people out there, you may have, I'm sure you've seen it. He just goes into this weird kind of like trance-like type thing, and and he just did all this stuff. I don't know. I don't know if it was planned. I don't know if he just kind of played it out, but Vigo really, really nailed that character, like playing Satan. And there's some really just beautiful things where you know, oh, all those years you were you were worried about that thing under your bed, and it was me all the time. <laughs> you know, it's like fuck. Holy crap! The Boogeyman does exist. Holy yeah. crap. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. Is is prophecy the the original one? Um, just because you know that huge story you're dealing with, but and like I mentioned earlier, you have these quirky things with the angels. You know, like I said earlier, like can't drive. Like these angels can do all this crazy shit, but they can't drive. They right. can fly. They can do all this magical crap, but driving. No, that yeah, they can't drive, right? If I remember quite, if I remember correctly, uh, part two, there's a hilarious discourse where they're trying to work, like they're trying to use a computer at a laundromat, and it's like, okay, I need this address here, make it work. And she's like, so you brought me back from the dead, which was part of the story. You brought me back from the dead because you don't know how to use DOS. Yeah, you know, yeah. it cracks you up. It's just, that's some great dark humor. The, yeah, the, yeah. With the, the driver in the first film; those scenes are hilarious. Yeah, so yeah. you know, that's what I love about you know, you're all powerful, you're all knowing. I thought, right? Can't drive, right? I love it. Can't use a computer. It just really it, it humanizes characters like that, you know. And I think that's what you know. We love to take cute cat videos, right? <laughs> 
Who watches those? Yeah, who watches Not those? Me. Oh, yeah. Scott <laughs> Scott and Keith on a Saturday night. Uh, but we like to take cute cat videos, though, and, you know, like add little voices to things or add little music to things because that kind of brings them to, I guess, what we call our level, right? That doesn't mean we're above them or below them or whatever it might be. But I think, like, taking an angel or the devil and humanizing them like that it's entertaining, you know, like, oh, like here's an even right. better example. And like, you know, this is like maybe even worse, like drunken rambling. But remember those commercials? And this is a Detroit thing, the Detroit Zoo. There was the commercials they did back in the 80s where. Nice going, Melvin. Yeah. That one? Yeah. I want to talk to my agent. Let me talk to your agent. It's a crocodile. My lines, about. my lines. I can't Dude, remember my lines. We sat there. We would sit around. Me, me and my mom were so excited about that commercial. We would sit there and wait for that commercial to come on. It was so fucking good. We would watch that, right? So related in the same way where we could take, a, a you know, we can't communicate with animals. I guess we can to a certain degree. You know, there's there's some communication. But really, animals, they're not really like, we can't talk to them like we talk, right? Yeah. And you think like an angel, like all-powerful, all-knowing. It's just like, it's above us, right? But now we're having it brought down to our level. You know, fuck this. I don't know what I'm talking about. You're way right in now. the weeds. Let's, ju- let's just let's talk just about- I'm done, dude. Let's talk about how cool uh, the Lord of Darkness is in uh, Legend. Yeah, thank you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's an awesome devil. Yeah, that's that's and that's one we had to talk about. Uh, Tim Curry, holy crap! Stan Winston makeup, right? Didn't Stan Winston screw yeah. do that? Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome design. Completely off the hook. I mean, that's just, that's what the devil looks like. Yeah, that is just one evil looking, great prosthetic, you know, practical effects work. Right. Done right. Visually, um, like I said, I think it's one of those things where, so what's the devil look like? Well, Tim Curry just showed you. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, and what's the devil sound like? Well, Tim Curry is letting you hear it, too. Yeah. Um, what a performance. I don't I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, you, you, get, you get a pretty, he gets a lot of screen time in that film, but I wouldn't call, I mean, it's, not a lot, but compared to like just in the grand spectrum, I think the Lord of Darkness does get a lot of screen time, which does take away from I think the mystery of it. But um, man, you you want to see him though in that. But film. it's you know it's all presented like a big fairy tale, so you know it's okay to have it blatantly on display. It's it. I mean, with Legend, he's the Darth Vader of the movie. He right. has got to be yeah in there up front. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, that that just the makeup on that. I mean, that alone, I it just looks so damn good. That era of the Stan Winston Studios was fantastic. Yes, the stuff they were doing, you know, iconic things. The Predator, the uh, Pumpkinhead's one of my favorite. Uh, oh, I love designs that from that era. Looks that, good. The monsters, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that's something we just don't get anymore. No, because everything has to be like, oh, we did some practical effects work, but. We're going to put some CGI over the top of it to try and make it look a little better. A little right. more glossy. Like the Thing pretty. remake. Is the, the Thing remake is probably the epitome of that whole issue. Dude. And, and then you go back to Rob Bottin's work and John Carpenter's version. It's like, look what this guy's doing with, with foam rubber and cables. Yeah. Incredible. 
Well, you know, there is a movie out there. I can't remember the name of it right now, but the guys that did the practical effects work for the thing remake, which is more of like a sequel, you know, cause it does kind of continue the story. They did their own movie where they did all practical effects work. Right. And it's got Lance Henriksen in it. I oh, can't remember man. the name right now, oh. but they did it. It's a sci-fi horror movie and it plays a lot like the thing and they use all practical effects and okay. it's a, it's completely amazing. I need to see that. Yeah, I'll look up the name before you guys go tonight. So well, we gotta go soon. We're gonna we're gonna watch Prince of Darkness tonight. <laughs> yes. Obviously, one we have well, not talked about yet is The Exorcist. Yeah. Thank oh, you, man. That's a yeah. you know. It, it, Are you, you gonna knew... tell your story about <laughs> which one? The one he told me earlier. No, 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 no. That's not my story to tell. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. That's that's somebody else's story to tell. No. no. Okay. All right. We'll talk about that one after the show. I, I watched The Exorcist for the first time uh, just on TV, the horribly cut up version oh, back God. in the day. I was, I don't know, I was like 10 years old maybe. I think I got about 20 minutes into it Yeah, and ran out of the room. It scared me so bad. I tried, my daughter wanted to watch a horror movie probably three or four months ago with her boyfriend and they were down here and they put The Exorcist on and they turned it off because they said it's so, it was the... They couldn't get through the beginning because it was so boring. And I'm like, you guys just don't know anything about you gotta let real yeah. horror movies. They're so they're so used to going and seeing uh, Insidious, which I'm not going to bash on because I actually like those movies, or The Conjuring, which I like those movies too, even though they're total bullshit. Yeah. They're so used to seeing this hypercut stuff right. that watching an actual movie Saw that has perfect for that it's has you know some uh, some setup yeah and some pacing like we don't hit you with the mtv editing strategies right right it's you know we're gonna do a little build up you know we're gonna make you feel these characters a little bit all right well that, that's when yeah you establish a character and that takes time and if we're if, going to really feel the emotional impact of this this girl being, you know, molested by evil, essentially. Right. We have to care about her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have to um, see her in her mundane life and develop, you know, get, get some set up, some character development. Exactly. Build some empathy from the audience. My mom told me when she saw The Exorcist, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, when she saw it the first time, she's like, that really warped me. That scarred me. She's like, we we never had saw anything like that. And that was the cut version. Now the versions they have these on it, the, the, you know, and I've been fighting with somebody about that now. The version you've never seen, I think it's fantastic. I mean, there's even more buildup because you you, know, you feel you feel even more for Father Malachi by watching the longer version with the whole intro in Iraq and things like that. Right. You learn his backstory. The, actually, one of the things that scared me the most were those dreams he was having about his mother walking down into the oh, subway. Fucked up. I was fucked up. Scared the hell out of me. Well, one of the elements in that film that you'll, you know, and I, I think I've, I've talked about it on this show is I love watching that, you know, the version you've never seen with Frederick Nicholson doing his commentary. I prefer to watch the film with his commentary over on top of it now because he really, A, you learn a lot, which you should, right? But B, his voice is amazing and he really takes you into the scene. Because he's directing you through it, right? And one of the things he, he he called out was, if you notice, Father Karras is always 
walking. Whenever you see him come into a scene, he's walking up. Mm-hmm. Right? He's he's ascending. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I think I've heard some of that commentary. Yeah, he's ascending, right? Now, and you notice his mother was descending. Yeah. That's and that's right. what fucked him up, man. I mean, so there's great elements in that film. Um, William Friedkin directed that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did I, did I totally screw that up? William Friedkin, not Frederick Nicholson. I'm sorry, that was on me. William Friedkin actually yeah. does the document. Sorry, the commentary on and, that. And didn't he direct Bug late in recent years? I believe so. The film adaptation? That's no, a play. Uh, yes. Yeah. He had Ashley Judd in so, it. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, we talked about a while back about The Exorcist. And that, yeah, William Friedkin. Thanks, Keith. I Fred yeah. Nicholson, where the hell was I at? This yeah, is, you've had a lot of beer. This is why I don't drink. I've had a lot of beer. Yeah, this is dumb. <laughs> this is, I've had two beers. I, okay, you, how many how many whiskeys did you have be, <laughs> before the two beers? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, oh, my God. That's now okay. you got me on the other. Yeah, like, yep, we got you beer. off. No. Uh, got you oh, off track. It. Move on. I just totally lost The Exorcist idea. rules. We'll just yeah, it's, say it's that. It's an amazing film. <laughs> I mean, you know, what else are you going to say about that movie? I mean... You just don't mess with that film. Now, what's the 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 Italian ripoff? Beyond Beyond the Door was that it? Or yeah. oh, go ahead, go where ahead. they? You know what I'm talking about? The I don't remember who directed it. I think the it's Green Beyond Door. the Door. It's or, a horror movie that ripped off The it, Exorcist. It, it's pretty much The Exorcist, just done it. I think that's been done a couple of times in a few different countries. There's a lot of possession movies that yeah. really riff but on. they but it's the, you know they're they do the head spinning they do the the vomiting they yeah um it's hysterical that it yep you're right Is it's it, beyond the door beyond 1974 the, that's it Juliet mills plays a young pregnant woman in san francisco who's going to have the devil's baby during her possession awesome it's hilarious is it it's a total unintentional comedy it's sweet really funny there's a they're tra- and what's best about it is they're trying to outdo The Exorcist. They're trying to go one step further. So all this, all the scenes where they're trying to up the ante are just ridiculous, <laughs> and, and they just become funny instead. I was. This is what I was thinking about a second ago. The ninth configuration. We talked about that before on the show, Chris. Which I guess the idea was that was going to be the sequel to The Exorcist. Right. Which I did watch that. Really, really interesting movie. Yeah, I know Andrew loves that movie. It's an interesting movie, and what? you do see you do see the lines drawn. Have you ever seen the Ninth Configuration? I don't think so. The idea was that it was going to be a sequel to The Exorcist, uh, and uh, when was it made? Oh, it had to be in the seventies. Yeah, it was in the seventies. I can tell you right now. Yeah, um, it's it's circle. It actually, nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Okay. That was close. Uh, it actually, the focal, like the, the main character is the astronaut playing the piano. Okay. Well, that was that actually. No, that was that. That was the astronaut that was at the party. Sorry, I'm totally. Just yeah, it's on. totally fine. I'm sucking here, dude. Um, <laughs> You're good. That's who one of the main characters is. When she pees on the rug? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the astronaut. You're all gonna die. You're, up. Gonna, you're gonna die there. You're gonna die up there. Yeah. Um, that's who is kind of like the main character in the film. It. it I've only watched it one time, and I want to spend more time with it because I, you know, anything that's going to be revolving in that universe, I think it's really cool, and especially to, to go after a character who 
I wouldn't. Well, he's a minor character. Right, he's a side character. He's He's not like a main. Yeah. And we're gonna make a whole movie around that guy. I thought that was super interesting. Um, It's cool. So when you mention astronaut, I like um, I like movies where evil takes place in space. You know, where yeah, there's there's kind of a strange juxtaposition where Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's for me, my reaction anyway has been, you know, anytime there's like an evil or demon or devil or whatever. It's more of like a tangible, uh, I don't know, uh, it's hard, like an organic presence. Right, you right. Know, like you expect that to happen in the haunted house. You expect it to happen in the in the church or the neighborhood. And when that's, I think what is put in the context of space or some kind of technology that's, you know, that is not part of our everyday life. Event Horizon would be a perfect that's, oh, example hell yeah. of that. that. Well, that's where I was going, was yeah. Event Horizon. I think that's a great example of that, where you we have this, you know, the kind of kind of evil and, and narrative events you'd expect to find in a haunted house or a, or a neighborhood or, you know, but then to have it in, in, a, in space or in some setting that we're, you know, it's not familiar. It, 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 I guess it becomes kind of uncanny because the the setting is unfamiliar. The and it's dark as hell. Yeah, and and the 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 notions of evil are familiar to us. The setting is not, and that that juxtaposition of the familiar and the unfamiliar is the. And then you get it, Sam Neill again. Yeah, I fucking love him. Yeah, I I wish I didn't like the end of that film, but I I I like. I, I like think they just didn't know where they were going with it at the end, but there's so much cool shit in there's Event a Horizon. Lot of cool shit. Oh, it's and, an amazing film. And I like how you know, there's those images they flash at you are incredibly mm-hmm. violent and provocative, but they don't give you a whole lot. They're like so, almost subliminal. It's quick. And you know who uh, Bob Keane, who did the original Cenobites for the first uh Oh really Hellraiser film did the special the practical effects okay. for Event Horizon, all those mutilated bodies and those things you see very quickly briefly i think the idea you were talking about keith was you know this uh, when you were explaining that the notion of evil the idea of evil i think is very very old i mean we can i think as long as we've been alive as a race there's always been this idea of evil and so you have this very old ideology of what constitutes evil and then you apply that idea into something very futuristic like space. Exactly. Or like, you know, space. That's that juxtaposition you're talking about. That's what about. I'm talking yeah, about. And that's yeah. where the uncanny comes from. The uncanny theory being, you know, you have the the familiar becoming unfamiliar. There's a there's an inherent conflict there that leaves you with that unease that the uncanny loosely defines. And I think that's what I feel when I see one of those kind of scenarios. Well, Cenobites went to space. Oh well, that sucks ass. Though. Yeah, oh, come on, nah. <laughs> hell, hell, that's a, that, Bloodline wasn't that bad. I hate Bloodline. Why? Oh, I hate it. I think it sucks. It, even the restored one, I hate it. And oh, you po- saw the restored one? Yeah, and poor Kevin Yeager who directed <laughs> that. I was a big Kevin Yeager fan early on for his makeup. Yeah, effects, and uh, yeah, I think that movie sucks. Oh, I loved it. I that like the premise of Bloodline. I just don't like the the um the product we got it felt very unfinished and unfocused yeah i think that was the biggest thing well, with yeah, that. The, the, the the theatrical cut was like an hour 15 yeah it was that pretty really sure really was like what i'm like what the hell we like i remember seeing that in the theater and i was like what that's it yeah holy crap man i guess i wanted i as the franchise went on 
I think it it just got more and more literal. You know, which was it the third one where you you see Pinhead standing on the beach in the sun? Isn't right. It, it, yeah. They they belong in the shadows. You know, they yes. it should be very suggestive photography. I think. I don't think we ever should have fully seen any of them. I think early on, you know, all the notions that Clive Barker was working with the, you know, the the architectural architectonic issues. You know where you know the the bending of space and mm-hmm. and the irrational juxtapositions of yeah. space and how they were coming out of that um those those you know those spaces merging and right you know how they were coming out of that space and they're they were more suggestive in the way they were shown and photographed i wanted it all to go further that way and it just kept getting more and more literal as the franchise went on. Well, yeah, they started bringing them more out of the shadows, and they were like like the Freddy thing that we talked about yeah. last week, where they you know they made Freddy more funny as they went on. The Cenobites they kind of brought them right. out, like in part three when they're in the dance club. Like right. what? Well, well you know, well they get well they made them like Transformers, like they all had their own like characters. Right. Yeah, like they right. had their own little. They were like GI Joe. Yeah, characters. they all, yeah they really you know like. I think I'm sure somebody at the time was thinking like, oh, man, we're going to totally be able to sell these figures. It'll be totally awesome. Right. I know that's what they were thinking of when they made part three. Uh, So, yeah, I I, I agree, Keith. I mean, the first two Hellraiser films, to me, that's where they They belong together, too. Well, they probably should have stopped right there. Yes. However, um, you know. I want to try. I'm always going to root for those guys. I love Inferno. That was part five. And that was a very, that one, if, if there's anything that was, that's going to go along with the idea of like keeping them in the shadows, part five, Inferno, that really does keep like Pinhead, for example, kind of like he's pulled back a bit, right? We have this new character called the Engineer. Yeah. That's which I thought the, was badass. Like, that's you know, the one with the, the, Ice cream truck, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was more of a psychodrama than anything. There was it was it was really watching someone unravel, kind of right, uh, with Pinhead kind of like guiding him to that. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> to I'd, that. I'd have to. I want to watch that again. I I think I it's just good. saw that one time, and um, I do remember that standing out among all the sequels. It was different, um, and I enjoyed it, and you know. And it was still, there was still that element of evil we're talking about here. Um, but yeah, as far as like, if, yeah, if it was like now, like, hey, Scott, we're going to make Hellraiser. Well, yeah, let's just keep one and two and then like just end it right there. We don't need to do any more here, man. Well, it's funny is that photo that I sent you that I posted on your page, that new guy they've got playing him. Looks interesting. He looks exactly like him. Well, that same deadpan look that Doug Bradley could pull off. Yes. That, not, I shouldn't say deadpan, I should say more calm and at peace, but also mutilated at the same time. I find that fascinating, right? Yeah, that's the new that's one. That's the right new there. guy yeah. playing Pinhead. Wow. Yeah. He's yeah, dead, I mean, dead on. Yeah, yeah. Totally spot on. That face is calm and at peace. Right. In, in Hellbound Heart, uh, Pinhead's female. In the short story, is he? Well, is no. she? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought. I thought the way that I read that one time, and I thought that the female Cenobite was more the leader. 
But I think she has the pins. I, 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 it's been a long time. See, it's been we, 20 so years chatted, since I've we, we read it. Chatted about that. I think we chatted about that recently. And I thought, yeah, yeah, last week. And we can check it out if you want, Keith. But I thought the, like, in, in the Hellbound Heart, the female Cenobite was more the lead character. Maybe that's And it, Pinhead yeah. was Pinhead, male. But he was more soft-spoken, weak, okay. more towards, you know, more reserved. Than being the leader that we that we had portrayed in the films originally, right? right, right. We could check it out though. I could be wrong. Yeah. So, so I I will say, you know, we're talking about the devil. Um, I love how essentially the what they they're referring to is sort of the devil. They're calling Leviathan is just this. Yeah. This has this Lord of the, the Labyrinth. It's this giant geometrical figure. I love it that you know it's not a dude with horns and wings or right. Pitched. It's a shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's architectonic yeah. structure which that's one of my favorite things about you know the early hellraiser work and some of the companion things they did in graphic novels and comic books early on was that strong archi- you know architectural component yeah and how it you know sort of a it's sort of an extension of german expressionism where you know where you have the architecture and German expressionist films like Caligari, Kevin of Dr. Caligari, mm-hmm. where, it, you know, they're representations of the character's psyches. It's kind of, an, kind of an extension of that where you have, you know, the characters, um, it's their desire that's driving the narrative. Uncle Frank, his, his this desire, un, insatiable sexual desire. Yeah. Is, yep. And other characters' desire is leading them, you know, to the box, to the Cenobites. And the architectural components are sort of a reflection of that. I see. I kind of see that all as an extension of German expressionist well, ideas. Well, the, the labyrinth also was this. Was that like, too much? Too much? No, that's no, fucking no. awesome, dude. Are you kidding me? The labyrinth <laughs> is this. Obviously, it's a structure, and in that structure, it actually has uh, an infrastructure. You know, and that's what like would blow my mind. Like you know. When Doctor Chenard, for example, gets transformed, yeah, like he's like, you know, he's I freaking out, it. and then he just backs into this machine, and then there's this whole cutaway where we see all this shit happening to him, and he's being transformed into this Cenobite, basically, right? And I've always to think, oh, I hesitated. I hesitated. Greatest line <laughs> in the movie: to think, I hesitated. I hesitated. Yeah. You know, and then the thing comes on his head, and it's like maybe I should have hesitated, but right. but there's there's this whole. What what they're referring to is hell. Basically, this is hell, you know, and this is the devil, Leviathan, right? Um, it isn't pits of fire and all this stuff that we've been told that, that what hell is. It's it's a maze. It's, it's a, a void. It's a it's a, yeah, it's a maze yeah. that you can't get out of, but right. you can always see the boss overhead, right? Uh, yeah, dude, well, you, that's you're why, tripping me out now. That's why <laughs> I really, awesome. but that's awesome. why I like. Wow, the uh, Hellraiser. Sh- I really like Hellraiser yeah. two. I love Hellraiser one, but I really like the effects work in Hellraiser two because when they are in the other dimension, it's it's massive, and they pulled all this off by practical yeah. effects work. There right. was no CGI in it, and it looks amazing. Yeah. And like you said, it looks Fast. tangible. It looks real. Yeah. They're actually in there in that movie i love that entire last part yeah. of how razor 2 it is really cool uh it's Agreed. it's a bloody film part two. oh it is <laughs> i i had bloodbath the, i had one of the big 12 inch laser discs of the 
the uncut version years sweet. and years ago. You like, saw my lament configuration box yeah, set, didn't awesome. you? I think that thing's sweet. Uh, yeah, I Hellraiser rules. I, I it's a good way to end, I think. What do you think? Chris? Really think so? Well, I kind of wanted to mention Starry Eyes too. Well, I gotta go to the bathroom. We'll so go you can to the do bathroom. that. I'm going to go to the bathroom. bathroom. Go, All right. No, no. Go that, but that's really awesome, though, too. Have you ever seen Starry Eyes? I, I don't know. Which, or one no. is, which one is that? Um, Starry Eyes was made in 2014. Awesome flick. And it's basically a modern telling um, of a girl. She's an actress. She moves to Hollywood. She lives with all of her friends in a house. And she wants stardom so very bad and all her friends are kind of rising before she is so she's willing to do anything that she needs to do to become famous or get her first paid acting job and she makes a deal with the devil okay you know i mean this is a repeated theme we've seen for decades and decades make a deal with the devil get what you want right but it turns in it's like it looks a lot like in old 70s or 80s exploitation film. Okay. And it's bloody as hell, too. Star, starry Eyes? Starry Eyes. Oh, yeah, how, so, how did I miss this? I don't know. It's directed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer. Um, they haven't done a lot of stuff yet, but they, like, teamed up on this one. It's pretty damn cool. All right, I'm it's, checking that out. Yeah, and there's a lot of... It's another one of these movies where you get to see the devil in humanoid form. Totally. And I can't believe I forgot but, about that one. Yeah. You get to see the devil in humanoid form, but it just devolves into a series of killings and her evolving from a human into oh, man. a demonic oh, creature. Wow. And, you know, she's basically her flesh is deteriorating and blah, 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 blah. You see like this evolution, like she's going from human to a demon back into the perfect specimen of a human female. Yeah. Wow. It's really, really cool. I totally cool. forgot about that one, man. I, I've watched that movie six or seven it's times. It's so good. Yeah. It's so, and we I know we've like totally like love, we've talked and about it. And it's low budget, but it's got a great score. Dude, it looks so good. Um, The I, whole end sequence, I'm not going to spoil the entire thing because we try not to do that too much, but the whole end sequence, the first time I watched it, I literally had to turn my head a couple times because a series of murders starts taking place. And I've explained this a couple times. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer oh. is brutal in the way they yeah, murder people. Absolutely. This movie is equally oh, as boy. realistic and brutal in the end. It was like, holy shit, did that really just happen? Yeah. It's one of those movies where you're like, oh, it's really cool, it's really cool. And then shit just takes a right-hand turn and you're just like left out like yeah. holy wow. shit starry eyes is such a cool flick yeah okay yeah. i need to see that yeah. yeah yeah totally yeah you really should it's so good will it disturb me as bad as henry no i don't think so because it's you know it's not really it's more slick film it's yeah a, it's, a, it's a classier film okay. but yeah henry yeah that, well, that, henry i feel like i have to take a shower after yeah, that movie's so it. dirty oh god oh, god I've only seen it once. That is like, that's uh, enough. I ran that on VHS when I was a kid. What the hell was I thinking, dude? Oh, dude, I remember that. It was when Film Threat first came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember like buying that magazine religiously, and that was one of the first movies that was ever 
in that magazine and I I was really into horror in high school. So I was like, Oh, I've got to see Henry. And I remember I rented it on VHS. Yeah. Yeah. And was just like, Holy shit. Yeah. I can't believe I even just watched that. Right. So what do you think? Because it hits you on a psychological level. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just not, you're not ready for that at all. Yeah. Okay. All right, Chris, my, my time is over. I'm, I'm contracted for, and I've went over here. What, what is this shit? (laughs) All right. Scott's done. I'm done. He's done. No, it's cool. We're out this of here. This is awesome, man. No, this is really yeah. great. I'm glad we talked about this. Uh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah. I started yeah. I started celebrating a little early. Sorry about that. That's You bastard. It's yeah. on me. About, I'll, I'll be better next time. Got about half an hour. Yeah. yeah, half an hour until yep. Halloween. Oh. All right, everybody. We'll be back next week with episode 67. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.